This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of the Simple Politics Podcast. I'm your host and political follicle, Kobe Omanaka. And as always, I'm joined by my co-hosts and political bigwigs in Tatten and Diane. Guys, how are you guys doing this week? Oh, Kobe, I love that. That might be your best ever intro. <laughs> it, it could be. I wondered, I always wonder where it's going. And then you pulled it out the bag. Excellent. <laughs> so how are you though? You didn't answer the question. Uh, I'm okay. I really, really, really wanted snow this week and I've got instead rain and a really wet garden and wet shoes every time you go out. It's all that stuff. And I all I wanted was just a nice little bit of snow. This is how sad I am as a 40 plus year old man. I got some Crocs for Christmas, which I asked for to do that exact thing away and you just need to pop out to do something in your garden and you don't want to get your slippers wet or you don't want to put proper shoes on and you can just deal with it being slightly colder than it would be with like fully sealed shoes and I have to say it's probably one of the best things I've ever asked for in my entire life amazing not stylish I don't care <laughs> but I love them they're a big thing with nurses this podcast is finished <laughs> <laughs> <We're done. laughs> like yeah nurses cool you wear your, you wear your Crocs not only did you receive a pair you asked for them and you're now taking up time on the Simple Politics <laughs> podcast to tell us that actually they're really comfortable and I really love them and, that I, you know, who cares they're stylish. Oh, my goodness. No, no, this is not okay. We'll do this episode and then have serious contract negotiation <laughs> talks after this. And uh, we'll see if we're ever back. You've heard it here first, guys. I may never be back in this podcast after this episode. And you heard Tatten there. You said you were feeling unwell, but you felt the adrenaline pump through you enough to grandstand on Crocs. How are you doing apart from that? Oh, I, do you know what? I've been on the sofa all week. I'm not very well at all. Um, forgive me if I splutter the way through this. There's just sometimes blind rage picks you up and uh, you can do all kinds of things that you couldn't, didn't expect you could do. You know, like you can stop a moving car from hurting a child, maybe, and you can draw the line at fucking Crocs. <laughs> this is brilliant. So Christmas out of time and Crocs. I look forward to the next thing that riles you. As always, guys, we go through the top posts as found on the Instagram account by Simple Politics. Tatten, what was the third most popular post? The third most popular post uh, kind of took me by surprise, actually, because, I mean, it's an old, 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 old story. Margaret Thatcher, you know, it's an old story when it starts with Margaret Thatcher. Margaret Thatcher introduced a policy 
where people who lived in council houses could buy their council house. And the idea is, it's pure conservatism, it's pure Thatcherism, really. The idea is you are not trapped forever in relying on the state. You're not trapped forever in renting. You can, if you work hard enough, if you do the right thing as she saw it, if you got together the money, you could buy your own council flat and and suddenly you've got more skin in the game and and you care more about your area because it's your area and you own a piece of it and it's important and it and it's validating and it's aspirational and it's all of these things that Thatcher like really strongly believed in. That went ahead and the critics of the scheme at the time said, okay, fine, but what about people who need council housing? Because every time someone buys a council house, there's one fewer council house available. And let's not forget, the people who buy it are the ones who have, to use you know, Thatcher's terminology, who have worked hard enough and done the right thing. So maybe they can afford to buy somewhere else. So a house that, sh- that, that should be or is designed to be for the vulnerable and the people who need housing is now off the market and is being lived in by someone who's quite well off, relatively well off. And so it seems that the policy works as long as council houses are being built at the same rate as they are being sold. And we have had quite a long time of Labour government in this time, and they haven't reversed the policy. They haven't stopped it happening. They clearly agree with the policy at the end of the day. They didn't back when Thatcher was bringing it in, but we've had so long of Blair and Brown that they could easily have stopped it. So they're completely implicit in this as well. They're completely, they, they, they agree with this. And it is everybody's fault that the housing stock hasn't been replenished and we are getting fewer and fewer and fewer social housing houses. And this is getting worse all the time. Then we have more statistics this week saying the councils haven't got anywhere to put people who need council housing. A good friend of mine's going through this process at the moment. She's had some addiction issues and she's come through and she's clean now and she's trying to get a place to get back on her feet and the council's not got anything. So it's really hard to to then be independent again. So there's a real need for for, for council housing. There's a real need for social housing and there aren't any and we need to build more houses and building houses is a nightmare. And that popped up this week as a story that will continue to pop up every now and again until this problem is sorted and this problem's never going to be sorted so you can look forward to me talking about it all over again in however long time <laughs> well not with me as, as host because i've been kicked off for wearing crocs we're renegotiating your contract kobe that's all we'll see <laughs> what was the second most popular post diane barely a week goes by without some kind of boris johnson quote or you know him popping up and just reminding us reminding us what it was like when he was Prime Minister. So this week, we heard that it's reported, and probably true, that he has nominated his dad, Stanley, for a knighthood, because as an outgoing Prime Minister, okay, this is a thing that actually happens, you get to have an honours list, you get to basically nominate some people for peerages or, or various posts who you feel are very worthy of it and have served well or, you know, been exceptional under your leadership. 
which has all sorts of questions around it for um, the fact that he's nominated his dad. At the minute, the internet is absolutely obsessed. Twitter is obsessed with nepotism babies. And this is kind of the opposite. (laughs) So this is Boris trying to get his dad into the Lords. So as I looked this morning, there is already a petition against this. Okay. So there's a petition with over 200,000 people have signed it already. Basically just saying, it makes a mockery out of the whole thing. You've got some senior, senior conservatives. You've got David Davies saying, this can happen. It's unacceptable. It is at a committee at the minute. So these things do go through some kind of due process. And I guess the hope is for, <laughs> for the whole system is that someone puts a, a line through Stanley Johnson's name and this doesn't happen. But watch this space and we will we'll see if it does or doesn't happen. I wonder what the opposite of Nepo Baby is. Um, we need to find that out, guys. If you're listening and you know the opposite of Nepo Baby, please, please put a comment on this post when it comes out because I'd love to know. The opposite, it's like if you do okay, like you might buy your parents like a little a little bungalow in your town so that you can like look after them when they're old. Like this is basically what Boris Johnson's doing here. He's buying his dad a little knighthood at the end of his garden. On quite a grand scale. <laughs> on quite a grand scale, sure, sure. But it's Boris Johnson, he does things on grand <laughs> yeah. scales. I mean, what else do we expect? I like this top post, Tatton, talk us through it. Last week, a question came in saying, is there time for the Conservative Party to win this election? And the Conservative Party clearly were listening because they've said, oh, we need to win this election. And the campaign to win this election is what we're going to talk about throughout the rest of this podcast. And it starts with getting these strikes done. Because every time there's a strike, it questions the government's ability to be good employers. It questions their ability to govern. You know, one of the basic things of government is to run the country's public services. They haven't been doing it. The public service has been on strike. It just eats away at public confidence. We're seeing talks happening. We're seeing pay being agreed on. The top post this week was the uh, Fire Brigades Union. The FBU accepted a, uh, a pay deal, including really crucially backdated pay. And the government had said a few months ago that we can talk about pay going forward, but we're here backdating anything. That's ludicrous. And then the unions have said, fine, we'll strike. And they've gone, ooh, that backdating thing, that's, uh, that's something we can talk about. It demonstrates the power of the worker. It demonstrates the power of striking. Because it's not just the FBU. We've seen all the health unions back in. We've seen the RMT. And this is Mick Lynch. Mick Lynch likes a strike. But the RMT have accepted to go into talks on some things. Some RMT strikes are still going on. Train strikes are so complicated. But this is the government actively engaging and doing what it can to get workers back, to call the strikes off, to sign pay deals and underlying this is very, very much an eye on the election. I'm glad there's some headway being made and on fronts and it's, it's great to see you know, a key, key one here. I remember, was it the 80s or early 90s when we had the Green Goddesses patrolling the streets when the fire brigade <laughs> strike then I was, and I wasn't looking forward to that kind of scenario happening again. Fire strikes are really bad for lots and lots of reasons. I mean, obviously because fires, right? But they're also, fire stations are very prominent in lots of towns and cities. And when you have firefighters sat outside, sat around those kind of burning 
they're not like like big fires, like the burning bin things that they sit around to keep warm. And everyone's tooting their horn as they go past the striking firefighters. It's a really visual, visceral reminder of what's going on, of the strikes. It's really public. Like when a train strike goes on, it's, it, you know it's happening, but, but, it, but you can't see them all the time every day. Same with nursing, even the same with teachers, people who don't have children. Whereas town centre, city centre, community centre, big signs, big presence. But again, it's very, very visual. A bit more uplifting than the previous week's podcast, guys. Let's hope we continue on that thread. So we're on to the mailbag and it was a popular section last week because we had a quick fire round and I'm going to do the same thing again because we've had so many questions. Guys, thank you very much for sending your questions in and maybe some of the best of these we will put as a little video of Tatton answering it in his depleted, cold, ridden state. We're doing quick fire again. I think we should, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, by popular demand. Oh, but I think people like it when I have to shut up after a bit. <laughs> They're like, okay, cool. We yeah. know we've only got 30 seconds with this guy. Let's uh, let's enjoy that. <laughs> we can like listen, hum a tune to ourselves for 30 seconds and then listen again. So we've got three questions this week. Should we lead off with the first one then? Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Look, well, let's give it a go. Okay, so Ian has asked, can or should Matt Hancock be prosecuted because he passed WhatsApp messages, which were all to do with how rules were being made around COVID at the time, and he passed them to a journalist in order to get his book written. Could he be prosecuted under the Official Secrets Act, is what Ian is wondering. Go. I think the Official Secrets Act is very, very specific about what an official secret is. It's not an official secret if you have a conversation with Boris Johnson and he's like, give my dad a knighthood. And then you like got that, you share that. That's not that's not official secrets act. I mean, if anyone could be prosecuted, it might be her because she's the one she signed a non-disclosure agreement saying she wouldn't I won't share these. I promise I won't share these. I absolutely won't share these. And then she shared them. I mean, the level of integrity with everyone here is not great. <laughs> Next question, Diane. Got a question from Olive. And she asks, apart from obviously checking the Simple Politics account daily, several times a day, I would recommend, how can you keep up and understand modern politics? Go. Talk to people. Politics isn't something that exists online. It's not something that exists in Westminster only. It's, it's all around us. It's talk to people, talk to find out what people, how people feel about things that are going on, to find out how people feel, feel about things in, like that affect you in your area. M modern politics is the same as all politics has ever been, which is about how we rule ourselves and how we construct our realities. And so just live. Just under the buzzer. <laughs> Lisa, we've got a third question. Yeah, we do, we do. We've got um, Lisa Vegan who asks, I don't know if that's an official second name or is Lisa who is a vegan, not sure. But Lisa asks, what does the government think it's gaining from, as Lisa calls it, anti-refugee rhetoric? Is it trying to gain points from scared Britons? This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it... <clears throat> a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. 
That's shopify.com slash system. It's the question. Go. I mean, there's no way I can answer this in 30 seconds. Uh, they do think it's a vote winner. This is part of the election campaign that's really started. We talked about with the unions a moment ago. But I don't think it's just gaining points from scared Britons. I think there is, there's some genuine tragedies that are going on here. And there is an attempt from the government to form a plan to deal with that, whether it's the right plan, whether the right language is being used. We can discuss. We'll discuss in a minute. But the voters want to stop the votes. The votes are awful, awful things, and the voters want to stop them. The government are doing what the voters want them to do. Well, guys, thank you very much for sending in your questions. If you have any questions and listen to this right now, send a DM or send a voice memo to the Instagram account for Simple Politics. Uh, but there will be a shout out, a call to action from the Simple Politics guys during the week, at which point you can also think, yes, I have a question. I'll send it in. And if you have enough of those, we will talk to Tatton again, if I'm here next week, at least. We don't know yet. I, I wouldn't have thought so. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought so. <laughs> Part three, PM Watch. What has been going on with Rishi? Wow. Okay, guys, over to you. Okay, so uh, the last question there was about um, was about the boats, and uh, I rather gave away all the things I was going to say in this bit. So uh, thanks, guys. The current system's not working. Most people would agree that we can't just allow everyone in. So. What do you do? Where do you go in between this? Rishi Sunak and Suella Braverman this week have said, first thing is we're going to stop the boats. And the way we're going to stop the boats is by saying that anyone who comes in by boat is going to get sent away. We're going to hold them for up to 28 days in some military base somewhere, some corner of a military base. And then we're going to send them back to the country they came from or to another country like Rwanda as we go forward. And then at some point, once we solve this problem, we're going to talk about how we can have safe routes for refugees to come here. That's one of the key things is if people do get here, whether they feel they need to, whether they have the right to do so, that's slightly separate. But let's not make sure they die along the way. Let's make sure they get here and they're intact. And then we have the other sides to deal with, right, with what we do when they when they get here and whether we feel they should be here or if there's a better place for them to be to exist after they maybe come across the channel or whichever system, right? Yeah, I agree. Because, you know, Tatton's right. The current system, most people feel, isn't working. Those small boat crossings are so unsafe and so awful, really, really awful. The frustrating thing is, okay, that people smugglers, people who are exploiting people to go on these boats don't care, okay? So whether you get to the UK and arrive somewhere and then get detained and deported doesn't matter to a people smuggler, okay? Because, you know, they don't do refunds, they don't do receipts. What happens to you once you leave? No guarantees, you know? So... I find it all really, really frustrating. I'm not an expert. I don't know how you solve that bit. I know that we talked about, you know, more patrols with France, but it's that bit for me that's really frustrating about the whole thing because the whole message of stop the boats, well, the boats are actually the ones with the people in them who are really quite vulnerable, you know, and the people smugglers who are exploiting that they're the ones we really need to tackle. Yeah, I think there is a, there's a lack of humanity in the term stop the boats, isn't there? Yeah, there like, is. It's, there uh, is. It's, it, it, it's suggesting, uh, and there's a suggestion of this kind of 
massive army of people. I mean, we saw this, we see this rhetoric all the time about people trying to come to our country. Or we see, um, do you remember in the Brexit, like Nigel Farage was stood in front of a poster of refugees trying to get into our country. Like how, like long lines of people trying to get in. And and there there is this, this sense of, oh my gosh, they're coming. And the term stop the boats really plays into that. And this policy isn't very positive. We do need to help people. The government are really keen to talk about the half million people we've taken in over the last half many years from, and they talk about 150,000 from Ukraine and 100,000 from Hong Kong and 25,000 or so from Afghanistan. And I mean, Hong Kong's not refugees in quite the same way as we'd normally think of it because things in Hong Kong have been very confusing. But there needs to be here a second half to this plan we need to stop people crossing this way because we cannot have people dying like this. But we also need to just have an open and honest conversation about who we would like to help. If we can't help everybody, who would we like to help? How on earth do we decide that? How on earth do you set that criteria up? I mean, what a, what, what a difficult thing to decide. And this doesn't come close to that. This suggests that at some point in the future, we will get there. But right now, it's just stop the boats. And that's why it's been quite so controversial. That's why people are speaking out about it quite so much. But nobody can look at these boats coming across the channel and say, this is, this is right. Nobody. This is how it should be happening. So on some level, everybody's going to agree that the government have to do something to stop the to 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 to, to stop people using that mode of transport across the channel people being put at that much risk because people matter wherever they're from that's about the safe routes isn't it which we don't have the detail on yet but we're being promised that's coming at some point <laughs> Should we head to the final part of this podcast, the crystal ball, and in discussing what, or predicting, I should say, what we think the big stories will be next week? It's all about money. It's going to be Jeremy Hunt, wall to wall next Wednesday, as he rustles that some... sounds horrific. <laughs> <laughs> Put that date in your diary. It's what my bedroom has already. Just multiple pictures <laughs> Yeah. Jeremy Hunt. <laughs> there you everywhere. go. Like I just, I like to wake up and sit and see a bit of jazz <laughs> every day. So uh, what? You got a problem with that? I, I do. I do. Crocs, man. Say something. <laughs> say something. Yeah. So all about the budget. I mean, who knows what? I'm sure we'll have various bits come out over the weekend, sort of pre-announcements and whatever. But it wouldn't surprise me. I'll just make a prediction now, given a post we're doing today and some talk on this. Childcare, potentially, maybe. Something we see factored into the budget that would be popular. We'll see. I see a groundswell of talking about um, affordable childcare over the past few weeks. So I'd be interested to see how they address that. Yeah, watch this space. There is talk that a couple of bills have come in slightly under uh, what we expect them to be. So there might be some headway for Jeremy Hunt to spend more money uh, than he planned to at this budget. But you can only spend this money once, 
right? If you save a fiver, I mean, like, just I mean, it, like uh, national spending isn't like personal spending. But I know that if I've saved a fiver somewhere, I'll spend it three or four times. I'll be like, oh yeah, I'll buy that because I saved that fiver. <laughs> I saved that fiver last week so I can afford this and then I'll do exactly the same so thing. So you have PlayStation 5 now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, yeah, absolutely. And um, it, it's what Martin Lewis always says is, you know, if you weren't going to buy it anyway, you're not saving money on it. If it's got 25% off, if you weren't going to buy it anyway, you're not saving that 25%. You're spending the extra money. Anyway, he's going to try and give money away. Why? Because there's an election coming. We are seeing the Conservative Party and the government moving to being so election focused. There will be one more big budget before the election, but we're going to see the groundworks on Wednesday. It'll be straight after PMQs. PMQs is going to be terrible next week because at PMQs, what's going to happen is uh, everyone's going to stand up and ask the Prime Minister to, to talk about spending. And the Prime Minister will say, well, I'm not going to say anything before the budget. And then everyone will go, oh, okay, fine. So that's a little sneak preview. My crystal ball for next week is that lots of strikes are going to happen or won't. <laughs> The government are stopping strikes. I was talking to a teacher. I'm only laughing because that was so 50-50. Loads of strikes will happen or they won't. (laughs) Well, you know, that's what crystal balls are about, isn't it? Some things that may or may not happen at some point. I was talking to a teacher who was making plans uh, for striking. And I said, I don't think you're going to go on strike. I think the NEU are going to go back into talks. I think the government want to stop this mass day of action around the budget because what you know the budget's about the election like i just said and you've also got loads of people on strike at the same time it's really hard for them jeremy hunt to spend money anywhere else when they should be could be saying you should be spending that money paying teachers so they've got to get the teachers out from around parliament square where their big rally is planned i would be surprised if there wasn't some kind of negotiation ahead of the strikes that are planned for next week in almost all sectors. Well, guys, we look forward to seeing how the crystal ball uh, manifests next week. Uh, But for now, thank you very much for listening to this podcast. It's been a pleasure, as always, to speak to my big wigs in Tatton and Diane. Tatton, I hope you're feeling better next week. Diane, I'm hoping you get snow at some point over this weekend and you can make a snow castle instead of a sand castle as you guys do over in Devon and Cornwall, (laughs) same area of the country. Um, I will be killed for saying that Devon and Cornwall are the same. I apologise now. Oh, Kobe, it's been a pleasure working with you. heard a stripped media production. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revelhorwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.